So, here we are again. <laughs> me up here, you out there, me preaching, you listening, hopefully. <laughs> uh, it doesn't happen very often, and so when it does, hopefully you guys are really excited. I hope you guys came this morning and like, yes, Thomas is preaching. It's going to be way, way different. Me, I'm like, well... I don't do this very often. I do Wednesday, and with the youth, I mean, like, they're used to hearing me ramble and talk and preach, and that's easy, but coming up here in front of you guys is a t- different story. And then Matt decides, he's like, we're going through this series, you know, and, and it's jars, right? We've got justification and adoption and regeneration, and stuff's good. It's, I mean, have you guys enjoyed the series? It's good stuff. It's very heady, Right? gives you a lot to think about, um, and hopefully when your head can connect with your heart, see, jars. Um, and so today, I was going to preach on Palm Sunday, and something about the Lord's coming and His entrance, and something exciting and happy, and it was going to be great. I had the idea kind of already, but instead, Matt said, you're going to preach about the S. Um, and if any of you like English... Um, there's a couple different things that S's can do to end of words, right? Following me? This is the fun part of the sermon right here. This is the participation. <laughs> so if, if I have a jar, if I add an S, I could have multiple jars. And that's easy, right? That's an easy way. We could be done now, right? I've got jars. Or it could be possessive, right? These are my jars, Okay, that's, it was supposed to be a joke. It's, Engli- it's an English joke. Obviously, you guys didn't like it, so we'll scratch that one off for next time I preach that. <laughs> Man, I was so excited for that one. I even brought props and pictures. Um, but no, the S stands for sanctification, right? If you guys, I'm, he, Matt probably already mentioned that. Um, and so we're going to be talking about sanctification today, and it's a great topic. I mean, it's a really important topic, and not a lot of preachers preach it anymore. Um, and so I have been blessed with the opportunity to talk about sanctification to you guys for the next hour and 30 minutes. If we end before, great. If not, I warned you. <laughs> um, but sanctification, uh, it's going to be great. I'm excited about this. Hopefully... I can give you guys some great blessings of information, um, but bear with me because it, as much as I want this to affect your heart and to affect your relationship with God, it is going to be a lot of head information, just being honest. And Matt's really good at that. He's really good at the, the teaching. He's got the whole outfit, you know, come in when he looks like a teacher. I am not necessarily the formal teacher type, so you'll have to bear with me. But sanctification, and so our verse today, I'm sorry if it's hard to see, um, it, it's in 1 Thessalonians 5, um, chapter 23, through, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, so if you need to turn to it, um, go ahead and, and, and you can whip out your Bible um, or your phone, if not, hopefully you can see it, it looks a lot better there than it does back there, just so you know, because <laughs> that would be hard to read. Um, but 
This is where our verse is going to be today. And so I'm just going to go ahead and read it, and then we're just going to dive right in. Are you guys cool with that? Okay, I, that was my joke for the day, and since it went over like a Duke National Championship, it... <laughs> All right, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23-24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Okay, so we've talked about the J. J in jars is what? And what happens at justification? You're justified. What does it mean to be justified? Made right with God. We, Matt, just quote Matt, it, this is the part where God proclaims us righteous. Right? We're proclaimed righteous. It's the legal act where God says, you're righteous in, in my eyes. And then we talked about the A, which is adoption. Right? And this is where we become children of God. We, we no longer have to fear God, but we're able to see Him as the loving Father, is what Matt talked about. And then the R was regeneration, which was last week. Right? And, and, we, and we considered, we're considered new. It's our new birth, given new life, and we're freed to, to grow, and we're not supposed to stay the same. And so um, we get to this verse, and it says, May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. And there's our word for the day, sanctify. What does it mean to be sanctified? What is sanctification? That's our word for the day. And, and it's more than just a big word. Because sometimes we can look at this and be like, yep, it makes sense even if I don't know what that word means. I can kind of piece it together. I think we're all capable of coming up with some definition. But... Um, let's look into what sanctification means. Um, and so if you've been in the church world um, or if you've ever heard someone mention the word sanctification, you may think about holiness, right? Is, is that the first thing that came to someone's mind when I said sanctification today, holiness? Um, because they kind of go hand in hand. Um, the definition that I've always kind of been told is you know, sanctification is, is the process where we're set apart. And to be holy is to set apart, right? You guys, have, have you heard this before? Okay, to be holy is to, is to be set apart. And so um, sanctification is, is the process of be, being set apart. Um, but we're going to go into a little more detail, as you can tell. We've got some sources, because this is a heady sermon. We have to have sources. Um, and so I've got a few up here. Uh, first of all, Keith Drury, um, he's a, a well-known author and voice in the Wesleyan Church, um, states that sanctification describes everything God does in us to make us more like Christ. Um, another author, Donald Metz, states that sanctification refers to the total process of becoming and remaining a Christian. And then finally, uh, a guy by the name of Dunning, um, this is a paraphrase, but he basically says sanctification is the process where, we rest, where God restores man to his original destiny. And, and so we see that sanctification, the, the parts that we can get out of this is that we're being set apart. Um, we are, are being made more like Christ. It's the, the, everything that God's doing. It's a process, and, and we're being restored to this original destiny. And so um, to make things easier for us this morning, I... I summarize this all into one definition that I got out of these and some other 
sources. But my definition of sanctification this morning is that sanctification is the process where we are set apart for God so that he can restore us to our original purpose and wholly transform us. If you want to write that down, you can. Um, If not, as long as you got it memorized. And there's a quiz later. So sanctification is the process where we are set apart for God so that he can restore us to our original purpose and wholly transform us. So I hope that we're on the same page of understanding what this word sanctification means. Nod your head if you're at least kind of caught up. Shake your head if you're confused. Raise your hand if you're asleep. Almost. (laughs) So um, we say it's a process. And hopefully you're asking, okay, what is this process? What, what, are the, what are these stages? What does it take to be sanctified, right? Um, and so really there's four different parts, different stages um, uh, of sanctification. And you can see them here. It's initial, progressive, entire, and continual. And lucky, luckily for you, we're going to talk about all of them today. Um, and that's why we're going to be here for another hour and 30 minutes. It's getting a little longer. Um, But these are the stages that that we see in sanctification, and two of these uh, we consider crisis moments. Matt talked about the crisis moment of salvation, and and in that moment we're justified, we're adopted, and we're regenerated, but there's one other thing that happens in this crisis moment of salvation, and, and is that we're initially sanctified. And so if we look at our definition We're initially sanctified, so from this point on, from our salvation on, we are set apart and we are giving in, saying to God that we're ready for this process of becoming more like Christ to begin. And so we're ready to work towards our original destiny. So for those of you that are Christians and have accepted Jesus, you've already been initially sanctified. Clear enough, right? That's the easy one. So next we get into progressive sanctification. And this is really the next step on the journey. Um, Progressive sanctification, oftentimes you'll hear pastors and theologians and people talk about progressive sanctification as it's a slow process or it can be a quick process, but they use this illustration of a house. Why are you giving me that look? This is a good illustration. I've heard it before. Um, they use this house. So what happens when you are saved is that you're standing at the front door to your house and you decide to open the door and you let God in. And, and so God comes into your house and, and looking back, that's in your initial sanctification, right? You're initially saved, so you're letting God into your house. And you give him free reign of your living room, and your kitchen, and maybe like your TV room, because that's where you're going to hang out. But there's still other rooms in your house that you don't necessarily want people to see. There's that closet that you kind of threw everything in because you didn't know where to put other things when you were cleaning. Or there's the closet that you're trying to hide something that you don't want people to see. And, And so... Progressive sanctification works like this. You let God into your house, and after he's been there a while, you know, he's, he's kind of wondering, where, 
why, why aren't you showing me your whole house? Why aren't you showing me, like, your bedroom? Or why aren't you showing me that, that closet? Because I'm sure that closet is filled with some awesome things, right? And, and so he continues to, to ask us and work on us. And, and so in progressive sanctification, we are, are giving in slowly to letting God into these different rooms. It, and maybe these rooms are our, our wants and desires. Or maybe these rooms are our actions that we don't necessarily want God to see. Or maybe there are emotions that we have that are, are causing us to sin. Or maybe they're um, our speech when we're around different people. We don't necessarily use the right speech. And, and so we have these rooms. And in the process of progressive sanctification, we're slowly opening the door and giving it to God. We slowly open the door to our, our emotions and say, God, you can go in here and, and, and have all these emotions. You can use them for whatever you want. God, you can, you can go into this room with my speech and, and, and make everything that I say come from you. God, you can take my dreams and my desires and, and the, the plan that I had and, and you, you can use it for your good. And it's something that's hard to do. And that's why we, we, we call it the process, and, and it's progressive. And, and, and some people say that this whole thing can happen in an instant. And, and it can. It can be something where you just open up every door to your house, and God's in there, and, and you're good to go. But other times it takes a long time. It may take most of your life. Or it may even take your, your, all the way up till the end of your life to really let God into each and every one of these doors. And so we, we're working in progressive sanctification to what we call entire sanctification. And this is really the part where people get tripped up a lot. Um, the Wesleyan Church, this is a really big topic. And so that's why I was really nervous to preach this today, because this is a really big deal. Um, and, and, and so entire sanctification really consists uh, of two things, but... Don't let me confuse you with Christian perfection. There's a difference between being entirely sanctified and, and, and Christian perfection. Okay, Entire sanctification really consists of, of two things. Um, the first is that we're completely free from intentional or willful sin. Do you know what I mean when I say intentional or willful? Kind of, yes. It's the sins that we commit that we know we're committing. It's, it's the sins that we know is something that we probably shouldn't do, but sometimes we choose to do it anyway because, you know, we like to. Or we know that we shouldn't say that, but we say it anyway. It, it's those intentional sins. And then the second part of it is that it is a complete surrender to God. Everything that you have, it's the, the whole house is open to God. Every dream, desire, emotion, action, thought, you, you've surrendered them all to God and given Him control. And so in entire sanctification, those are the, the two main things that happen. And if you're not confused at this point, awesome. But it, it, it's something that's hard to really understand, for me at least, and, and maybe for you. And so I wanted to give you this illustration. And... and I'm just going to give you a little a note here. 
This may not be the best illustration for this, but it's helped me to understand it. So, the jars have a purpose. So, say this is me. This is everything that I have, am, want to be, my thoughts, all these different things that I've mentioned, right? And I've got these three jars. And this one right here, because it's got the gold lid, represents God, okay? And then we've got a couple different sizes here. But this, is, this has helped me to understand entire sanctification, so bear with me real quick. This is me, and today's Sunday, and so we're going to put a little bit of ourselves into church, a little bit more than probably normal, right? Because we're spending time with God, and we're, we're, we're giving in to God for this hour and two hours Sunday morning, right? But then, I mean, I'm still kind of, I got some things that I'm thinking about, work, some school stuff, um, and just, I've got a bunch of other things on my mind. And so some of that, some of me is going in here. Um, and these are like the things that I probably shouldn't be doing. Or maybe these are the things that my friends are doing that are just cool. Um, but I'm still going to give a little bit of time and effort to that. Okay? You see what's happening here? I kind of alluded to this last week with my little half shirt, and I couldn't find it. This is probably a good thing. <laughs> but you can be saved and still be giving time to other things. You can still be showing up halfway. You can still not be completely, entirely sanctified. But you can be working on it. But there's still other things that are getting in the way. Right? And, and this is coming out of who I am. And who you are. But this is, this is the picture that I, I want you to see of entire sanctification. So say we put all this in here. And then we completely surrender to God. So everything that we have and that we are is surrender to God. And, and there's nothing left in here for God to have. There's nothing left to give. Right? We're completely surrendered. And so, when you think about these other things, work, school, disc golf, whatever it, it, whatever it may be, nothing can come out of that that hasn't already gone through your surrender to God. There's nothing left, but now I'm going to work, I'm going to school, and I, I don't trust myself. It has to come from my surrender to God. Is this making sense? It has to come from God. My thoughts, my speech, my actions, they have to come from me already giving myself completely to God. As opposed to coming out of what I want and my own thoughts and my own ways. God is the one that I've gave it to, and now it's coming from there. Right? Does that help you with this entire sanctification picture? Okay, because it helped me. We'll put this all back in God because we're still preaching. So, entire sanctification, um, completely free from intentional, willful sin, and completely surrendered to God. But entire sanctification is not the end of the road. I, I mentioned that already, but it's not the end of the road. There's something we call continual sanctification. Because when you're entirely sanctified, you're not perfect. 
Just, I mean, it's, it's as easy as that. Um, sometimes we get confused, um, but I think that in Drury's book, he, he gives us a really good picture of where we can go because there's still a lot of room to grow. Even when we're completely given to God, there's still things we can do. We can still become more like Christ. And, and so this quote, I think, summarized continual sanctification great. Um, says, while permittedly sin may disappear in a moment, there are a hundred other ways to grow now. Take marriage, for example. It's possible to comp- be completely and totally in, in love, yet still become a better spouse. Perfect love is different from perfect performance. We can be 100% full of love for God, yet there's still room to become more like Christ. If you're an athlete, even the North Carolina Tar Heels you're still not the best basketball team in the world. I bet you I could find five other people somewhere in this world and put together a team, and they'd be better. I may have to bring in some NBA players, but there's still room to grow, right? Individual athletes, even Olympic athletes, continue to train even when they're on top. There's always room to grow. Because... Because there just is. That's just, that's just how it works. So we can be 100% full of love for God, yet there's still room to become more like Christ. So up to now, we've talked about what sanctification is, the, the stages that are in sanctification, and, and so now we need to figure out how we can do this, right? How, does, how do we get there? How do we become sanctified? How do we get to this goal of entire sanctification? And, and as... Paul states, it says, may God himself sanctify you through and through. Do you see where it comes from? Yeah? May God himself. God is the one that does this work in us. God is the one that continues to draw us close to him. But, there's a but, you're not completely passive in this, in, in this process. Okay, it's something that God does, but yet you still have to be actively seeking after him, and you have to be willing to let him transform you completely. There's no 12-step plan. There's no entire sanctification for dummies. Do they even still make those books? I don't know. But I can continue to say this, but I, I found this video this week. Um, and it, it really helped me with this in, idea of God being the one that sanctifies, but our activity in it. And, and I'm going to, again, give you a warning. I, I feel like I have to warn you guys a lot when I'm up here. But he talks really fast, okay? The guy is, it's three-minute theology. So <laughs> I was just going to show this and then leave, but Matt said that it would be good to explain more. So, if you guys listen up to this video, he's going to be talking about something called sympathetic vibration and how that relates to sanctification. Okay, so go ahead and watch this video. You turn it up.
vibration of the moment will cause the highest good in our spiritual balance, even though we do not show it here, simply because the lower mind is vibrating at the highest point of the frequency. A note that is part of the relative frequency of the Sajjadis to the Jadis will cause the Jadis to vibrate so much that it shatters. This is called sympathetic vibration. And not only does it make for some fascinating science experiments, it also provides us with a vivid analogy for an aspect of the Christian life that is absolutely vital in our primitive world, something called sanctification. Sanctification refers to the process whereby Christians become holy. It is about acquiring and living a holiness. And the Bible is quite clear that this is essential for the Christian life. In one place it says that as righteous can be, that without holiness, no one can see God. The challenge here is that often the language of holiness conjures up for us images of somber people who have a long list of things they do and don't do, and who feel they need to atone with their sins in their lives. But this is not how the Bible conceives of holiness. The Bible continually describes it as something that God does in us and through us as he claims it for himself and works his holiness out in us. In one place it says it like this, may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. In this sense, holiness is an objective characteristic or quality that God imparts to those who belong to Jesus, not a subjective quality that we obtain through moral effort. We are, in one sense, passive recipients of that holiness. And yet at the same time, holiness is, in fact, about a way of life. It is about men and women actively thinking and speaking and living in a way that reflects God's own holiness. In one place, the Bible says we are to present ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to in another place it says we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Well, we see quickly in holiness that it is something we passively receive, but also something we actively pursue, can be brought together perhaps if we think about it within the realm of real sympathetic vibration. Because in sympathetic vibration, the sounding note is at just such a frequency that it causes the adjacent object to vibrate spontaneously. And at the same time, there is something about the nature of the object that it will vibrate guys catch that? Does that help? Yes? Through the work of God, we are able to be wholly transformed in this lifetime. We are able to experience this entire sanctification. We're able to fully surrender ourselves, our life, our dreams, our hopes, everything to God. And if we do that, if we work at that, it's possible. Now, I know that this has been a lot of information. I hope that you retain some of it. Um, and it's a lot to think about and understand. But I hope that if you leave with nothing else today, 
you leave with the fact that through God's power, you can be completely transformed into the image of Christ in this lifetime. It's something that can happen. And I don't know why you're here today. Maybe you came to church because that's the thing to do. Maybe you came to church to hear me preach or just to support me as I preach, which is great, and thanks for coming. But I hope that you're here for something more than just a good sermon or good music or to talk to your friends. I mean, I think most of us, I would hope, are here to hear from God and to become more like Christ. I mean, when we're together and we read the Word and we're with each other and we're talking in, in Sunday school and we're here listening to the message, I mean, the purpose is not just to go through the motions. The purpose is to learn and to grow and to hear God and to be transformed. Is that, I mean, I hope that's something that you guys want. And so I don't think you guys came here today just to be here. And if you did, that's fine. I hope you learned a lot because there's a lot to learn and there's a lot that I, I learned doing this. But there's two application points that I want to leave you with today. Um, and I hope that by learning about sanctification, it, it sparks something in you, a desire to grow more like Christ, to become more like Him, and to continue to surrender your lives to Him, whether it be in big chunks and little chunks, whether it's the closet in the attic, or whether it's even just the, the room that you're sitting next to. Um, but the first application point is to be able to experience entire sanctification as God wants you to. You must completely and wholly surrender yourself to God. God wants all of you. Collective and all of you individual. Just like the half shirt, he doesn't want you to show up halfway. He doesn't want just part of your time. He doesn't want just part of your heart. He doesn't want just part of you. He wants all of you. He wants your, your mind. He wants your speech. He wants your actions. He wants your love. He wants your devotion. He wants everything. And, and so, in order to... To, to make it down this path and become more like Christ, we have to give everything to Him. It, it's like the jars here. You, you can't just split it up and call it good. It, it, that's, it doesn't work like that. God wants all of you. And so, uh, application one is to wholly surrender yourself to God. And, and that isn't necessarily the easiest application point. Um, and, and it's not necessarily something that you can take home today. Um, this, is, this is something that is going to take more than one day. Um, it's going to be something that you have to think about and dwell on and, and really work at. And, and if it takes a day, that's awesome. I, it's possible. I'm telling you, it's possible. But for me and, and for others, it, it may take a lot more time than just one day. And, and so... Holistic surrender. Application point number two. This is the, this is the bring you down to build you up. Um, and it's holy expectancy. And what I mean by this is that 
you need to expect that God is going to do it. If you noticed, I talked a lot about verse 23 today, but we put 24 in there for a reason. Um, And it says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Will do it. Not possibly, he won't possibly do it, he will. And you need to expect that. You need to expect that this is possible. This isn't just some lofty goal that preachers get up and shout at you and tell you and say, good luck getting there. This is something that's possible in your lifetime. And God will do it if you allow him. That's the whole passive, active part of it. I think that sometimes we're guilty of putting a cap on God. Sometimes we think that he's only going to do so much when he can do so much more than we've ever really imagined. I mean, you guys know what next week is, right? It's Easter. And on Easter, God came back from the dead. That's kind of a big deal. I don't know how many of you have come back from the dead. If you have, please come talk to me because that, I want to hear your story. But he did it himself. He brought other people back to life. He was born of someone who was a virgin. I mean, he's, he's done these things that aren't really possible. But with God, they are. And, and so expect that God can and will help you achieve this, okay? So holistically surrender and holy expectancy. And I, I hope that this has really helped you understand sanctification. I know it's a lot, but it's possible. It, it, it is. That's all I can say about that. Um, so if you guys will stand. And as you go today, know this simple verse. That the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. He will. Have a great day.